Um, hello, welcome. Welcome to my home. As you can see, I'm testing different types of yeast today. Excellent. Uh, which one is the most successful so far? Um, number three. It's always number three. So, while I'm here, you asked me to come over. Why did you ask me to come over? So I did. Uh, how embarrassing. What we have now, after my yeast time, is a meeting with two excellent actors, Jacob Dudman and Alicia Applebaum, and they've agreed to do a meeting with us to hear our ideas. Sorry, they've agreed to do a meeting with us? Really? Yep, I got in touch and I said, we want to pitch you some ideas, we want to make everyone rich, we want to get some BAFTAs, and they said, sure thing, pal, and now we're going to do a meeting. This is excellent news. Wow. Okay, well, I reckon we probably need uh, uh, a week at least probably to pull together what we've got. Ideally two. Could they do like two weeks on Tuesday, do you think? Three, two, one. And my yeast time is finished. So now it's time for the meeting. It's time for Big Meeting. Alicia, Jacob, hello. It's so great to see you. Hello. Hello. Yeah, great to see you. We really appreciate you joining us and giving us the opportunity to pitch some of our ideas. We've got some really good stuff today. Oscar worthy. Well, it's all it's all well and good you guys thinking that, isn't it? But, um, you know, I'll try and play good cop. Alicia just naturally slips into bad cop. So give us your best shot, I guess. Yeah. And listen, be tough with us. You know, you are in the game. You are the pros. You know what you're talking about. So give it to us straight. If you think something's awesome, you know, we'd love to hear that. Which is quite likely. That's quite yeah, likely. It's quite likely. Yeah. And we're going to make some serious box office money. All right. Yeah, exactly. Like you're thinking. Right. Adrian, let's crack out some pitches. Why don't you, why don't you go first? Strap yourselves in. Here we go. This one's called Mumbo Number X. <laughs> Number X. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a Roman numeral, isn't it? Okay. It should all become clear. Mumbo Number X. <laughs> tornado photographer Elisha Applebaum has never seen a tornado. <laughs> On the brink of losing funding, she starts one last hunt. In her way is a rival in the field played by Jacob Dudman. The entire film is a high-speed bicycle chase through beautiful prairie landscapes of Middle America, shot entirely by drone with a soundtrack by Joe Pesci. <laughs> The final scene sees Alicia Applebaum's character shove a telephoto lens into Jacob Dudman's front bicycle wheel, throwing him from his bike and into the heart of the oncoming tornado. He is now tornadoid, and a post-credit tease suggests he will return. Oh my god. That's the pitch. I was worried what you were saying where he shoves a telephoto lens. I was like, where's that going? <laughs> Oh, okay. So as a as a tornado photographer, <laughs> I haven't taken any tornado photos. No, it's very sad. Very sad. Always wanted to see a tornado, but very unsuccessful tornado photographer. Is that what causes you to do it? To create tornadoid? Well, actually, yes. I'm very happy for the idea that Alicia's character could be on purpose creating tornadoid. Yeah. Like a sort of Frankenstein situation. I love that. She's trying to create a tornado-human hybrid that she can be friends with. And take photos of. But I can't because I've just put the lens in your bicycle wheel. Oh, no. So I can't take the... Tragic moment <laughs> at the end where she tries oh. to take the photo when she realises that she's sabotaged herself. We are our own worst enemies. That's the sort of core of it all, isn't it? We create our own demons. The very last shot could be of the broken lens, but in the reflection of the broken lens, you see Elisha's character and there's just a single tear running down her cheek because she realises that in trying to achieve her goal, she's actually destroyed everything she loved. Oh, yeah. And then that tear goes into the tornado. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, in the post-credits. And her DNA is combined with Tornadoid to 
create double tornadoid. Yeah, that's the sequel. You could do a really good line of merchandise. You know, your faces could be on everything. We would really want to sort of milk this for all the money that it's worth. Mm -hmm. Mm. So everything from the actual props you see in the movie, but like with Star Wars, how they started doing things like Star Wars casserole dishes and Star Wars oranges and stuff. (laughs) Sure. Tornadoid grapefruit. I don't, I don't see why not. I, I, I'm i sorry to like bring it back to my initial uh, query, though, but I, I still don't know where the, the number X comes in because, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's an enigma in itself. How about the photography agency that Alicia runs, funded by her parents? When they gave her the money for it, her father's favourite song was Mambo Number no. 5, but her mother was a big fan of Roman numerals. How's that? Okay, I like that. Yeah, that clears things up for me. Thanks. Well, but that, uh, that's going to need some serious exposition in the script at some yeah. point. I think, you know, half of the film can be about explaining the title. What if we gave everyone sort of a little pamphlet when they arrived at the cinema and kept the lights up for half an hour beforehand so they had time to read through the pamphlet all about the name of the agency? And then when everyone has put their hand up to say they've finished reading, then we'd start playing the film. Uh, yeah, okay, I like that. Why don't we add, this become a more of an experience. So uh, stages during the film, stop, curtain down, and a compare comes out the front and says, right, yeah. test. Why is the photographer sad? Yeah. And if you get it wrong, <laughs> out. Pete can do very good tornado sound effects. Can you please give us a rendition of that? Yes, just give me a moment to centre myself. It's pretty good. Wow. And and by the way, uh, you know, we've just saved a whole line in the budget on sound effects. I think we've nailed this one. So um, let's go on to the next pitch. And what we'll just do is we'll just send you the script so that you can start preparing on that one. Are you actually going to send us this script? Because I I won't read it. Okay, right. So here we go. Here's the second pitch. See what you think about this one. Why can't we be frenemies? Jacob Dudman is a jittery NASA scientist who can't resist a practical joke. It's been said. He pranks psychic astronaut Alicia Applebaum by replacing all of her space rations with extra spicy chili con carne. However... That is so out of order. It is. I mean, at this point in the setup, you're already, you know, you are fuming. So you you really want to see how she gets her own back. Well, let me tell you, she's psychic. So she uses her psychic powers to predict his plot and preemptively drugs him, dresses him as her, puts him in a spacesuit so that when the launch day happens, he is escorted to the space rocket and is blasted into the ionosphere where he has to eat all the spicy chili himself. Rated 18 for near constant explicit language. (laughs) Great. That is the (laughs) best movie I've ever heard of. Oh, that's a good start. Why? Why does he have to eat all the chili? Why? Because they're all of all of the space rations, all of the food on the spaceship is now extra spicy chili. It's now extra spicy chili. Yeah, nothing else to eat. Freeze dried. You know how they have like that freeze dried food. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freeze dried extra spicy chili. How do you reconstitute it, Pete? Is it just a few drops of water in in the microwave or something, or do you pull a tab and it just sort of pops out and turns into chili? Or uh, well, uh, I haven't finished my research on space food. I think we should abandon this until you figured that that point out. I think it's very important. It, uh, you know what? Well, the audiences won't believe it, will they? If, if we don't get that right, it's those finer details. You know that that you you can't fool the audience. It's true. It's true. You can have all the space chili, but if you don't get your research right, it's going to fall on its face. That's what I'd say. How much do you guys like spicy chili? I mean, you guys know what it's like. If you're eating in a scene, you have to do it multiple times, right? Or you have to pretend to. But I think for this, it would be really important that our actors actually did eat it all every time. Also, how spicy are we talking? 
walking. How spicy can you guys take? I'm definitely a mango and lime from Nando's. Oh, really? Oh, problem. No, give me a vindaloo any day. Oh, no, but that's good because that's, that's the way it works out in the film. Yeah. Hmm, I'm still concerned about this chili eating idea because you would have to eat it. It's, you can't do any of that, you know, actors sort of go to put the spoon to their mouth and then they start talking and it's like you're just doing anything but eating. Because I think visually you'd have to eat. Well, there w- I think actually there would be a scene where it would be the kind of the fun moment where Alicia's character is watching on the monitor and you're up in space and you've got this bowl of chili and there's that, that kind of movie thing where you kind of put it, raise it to your mouth and you go, just a, one question about the radar and then... Oh, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And you just keep not quite doing it. And then mm. and then maybe eventually you just sort of fall over and it just goes in your mouth. So it's actually an accident. <laughs> but there's zero gravity. So it would just be in the air. Oh, yeah. That's great. Because then it could sort of float away. And then you could have this kind of like one-to-one little moment where actually you reconcile. And, and Jacob says, listen, I know I, I know I used to prank you all the time. It was really great that you got behind me on this mission. It means a lot to me. I don't have, you know, a lot of friends in the agency. Thank you so much. And you go, oh God, he's going to eat the chili now. Oh no, I can't believe it. And actually what he does is he puts the bowl down. The chili floats off during this speech and you think, oh, it's fine. I got away with it. And then he turns around and it's right there and it just goes in his mouth. Oh. <laughs> For those zero gravity scenes, Pete, I mean, we, maybe we need to have a quick chat about this because having the chili floating around, are we going to do this on one of those planes that goes really high and then comes down fast to create the zero gravity just for that, or is it CGI? I don't think it's either. Or is it like on a on a like a fishing wire that someone's dangling? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what just each kidney bean individually hung by <laughs> thousands of people operating one bit of chili? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the way to do it. But you guys would need to take a significant cut in the uh, in the fee to to actually make sure that we could have potentially forty or fifty chili operators. A friendly gardening competition between beef eaters at the Tower of London turns nasty after one of them is shown to have sabotaged another's cress and a battle to the death ensues involving raven attacks and the use of crown jewels as weapons. Untitled, the movie. You know, I actually untitled the movie. I don't think it sells it. Untitled the movie do- doesn't really sell it, does it? It's the mystery. The crest. Where, are we talking about crest as in like... Egg and crest. I was going to say, as a child, if you ever took an eggshell and put the crest in and then it looked like it was a little man with hair. Yes? Is that right, what yes, we used yeah. to do? I think that's what we used to do. Uh, it's exactly that. Exactly that. <laughs> a man with hair. Yeah, a little cressy hair. Is it a battle for this egg? Uh, it could be. So, Alicia, you are one beef eater and Jacob, you're another beef eater. The way I see it is that Jacob is obsessed with his cress and he wakes up, uh, you know, 3 a.m. every morning just to check on the cress. He sings to it. He, you know, he uh, uh, writes poems about it. This is Jacob on on an average day. But the annual beef eaters gardening competition is just around the corner. And Alicia, you're very jealous of Jacob's crest success. So you one day you go out just before he wakes up and you break all the eggs and you throw it all over the edge at the top of the Tower of London into the Thames. Yeah, that sounds like me, actually. And Jacob loses yeah. his Snap. you know what and uh, decides to decides to kill you. Anyone touches that crest, I'm after them. Right. Absolutely. In fact, you start to become so obsessed with the, with the little crest men that uh, you talk to them and you, you think they're real. So it takes on quite a, quite a new level. But anyway, um, how are you with um, uh, ravens? Not a fan. Not a fan, right. Can it not be a sword fight and it be a crest fight with soil and 
eggs. You could sort of put some sellotape around your hand, dust eggshell pieces on, and then you'd have a very nasty weapon. Jacob's love for cress isn't really coming through. What if we sent you some cress just to see how you feel about cress uh, as an idea? Maybe live with some cress for a while. If they come with a nice little face on the shell. Just last point, don't leave your crest too long before you harvest because I did some with my daughter a couple of weeks ago and we kept waiting for it to get longer and longer. Then it went a bit weird and brown, had to be chucked. So always harvest your crest just before you think it's ready. And that's the end of my pitch. Okay, uh, this film is called Hall of the Horror Orrery. Disgraced local councillor Michael McMilkmaster sells decks of cards in a filthy alley in Nottingham. <laughs> mm -hmm. He lives in fear of electropop-loving crime boss Janice Spratt and her special magic sword. It's <laughs> <laughs> very serious. Sorry. <clears throat> very serious for me. Come on, Alicia. Yeah. We, we've got to give them our time because we're contracted to do so. <sighs> The tense relationship between the two explodes into violence when it transpires that Janice is Michael's grandmother. <laughs> we need a rain machine to be on all the time for this film to work. A rain machine. Starring Applebaum, Jacob Dudman, Mabel, Thierry Henry, <laughs> Famke Janssen, and Adam. Adam. <laughs> Who's Adam? Who's Adam? He's a guy we know. He's just a really nice guy. <laughs> he'd be great for that, though. He'd be great. Don't worry. Well, he'd nail it. He's, he'd nail it. Oh, no. That's the way Adam works. That's just so the way Adam works. Let's get into the narrative here. So I don't get it. <laughs> so she sells cards. You're selling Dexter cards. Down an alley. Yeah, down an alley. You know when you like you walk down an alley and someone goes, all right, mate, you're you want some cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know that? So, you know, this is kind of like gutter kind of stuff, underworld. You're, you're a broken man because you were a counsellor, but then you've been disgraced and then you're out, out there on the street. So this isn't the kind of like, oh, I'm just like a street tough. This is kind of like this kind of guy who's like, he's just falling apart and all he can do is, I just need to sell like one deck of cards so I can buy a... Just one. Just one. Loaf of bread. A loaf of bread. So it's like lame Miz. Yes. Because... Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, he needs this loaf of bread, but um, he does it by selling cards down an alley. Is there a Valjean type character? Like, what's the, where are the stakes? I've heard about Mabel. Mabel is the kind of the uh, the tough cop with a heart of gold, who uh, who kind of you know you know you'll you'll see in these these street scenes. You know, there's 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 people. You know, I come along. I always get my cards from this guy, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, and they do their shady. I don't things. trust it dealt from anyone else. Just these, this card guy. Oh, actually, yeah, he's a dealer. He's a dealer. He is a dealer. He's a dealer. He's literally, literally. And yeah. Mabel, just kind of every so often, she walks up and down these streets. Now, when any of the other cops come, everyone sort of scatters. But they're like, Mabel, she's cool. She's chill. She's going to, yeah. she's out for us, really. Just don't do anything too dodgy around her. So, you know, and also she knows, she knows about cards. She's a, she's, she loves cards. I like that sort of Valjean thing. So Mabel's always keeping an eye always keeping a little eye there and, and has got his best interests in heart, even when she gives him tough love. What we would need to do, obviously, is make Alicia look as old as someone who could be your grandmother. Would it, would it be also helpful, Pete, if, if we also tried to make Jacob look younger as well so we wouldn't have to make Alicia look as old? So if we made Jacob look, you know, like a, a, <laughs> like a small child... <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I, then I, I, lo- I love you know, like in Captain America where they just got Chris Evans' head and put it on a tiny guy. It's very creative. It's very creative, but he's meant to be a local councillor who's been oh. elected, served some time in office. It would be rather unusual for that to be a child. Is this set in the future, Pete? It sounds sort of like a sort of Blade Runner type world, maybe? Or Yeah, I was thinking Blade Runner, actually, yeah. Because it's raining all the time. Can the film start off where it's raining and Jacob's like walking down this alley and it's dark and it's like, life dealt me the wrong hand. Ah, <laughs> I love it. I used to be a joker. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be the king. Now I'm just a three. Yeah, I think that's great. Blade Runner, so you've got you've got like neon stuff. You've got all those kind of like reflective clothes and things. You think you could pull that off as a kind of a conceptually? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's just like Nottingham. <laughs> Future Nottingham. He sounds like a lollipop lady with all the reflective clothes. Well, that is it, but that's it, yeah. That is a bit like what the future is like. Okay, so where does Adam come into it? Where does Adam come into it? Well, Adam, what role will we give Adam? Uh, probably the Swordmaster. Yes. Oh, yes. Forgot about the Swordmaster. Not seen on screen, perhaps? When you, when you say that, you are not you don't mean um, she only, that Janice refers to Adam, the Swordmaster, and says, my Swordmaster will handle this. You don't mean that. What you mean is, Swordmaster, please take my sword and literally hand it to somebody off screen who you don't see. Exactly. Adam makes everyone up their game. So as long as he's on set, it'll help. Right, okay. (laughs) Uh, Pete, one quick question. Why are cards... It sounds like cards are uh, almost like like drugs. They're either illicit or they're very rare. Mm. Is there a reason why people are sort of dealing cards in the back alley and not going to, um, you know, WH Smith? (laughs) WH Smith has been nationalised and only supplies the military... So nobody can get playing cards. Gold dust. Understood. Are we liking this? We're feeling this? I think, I, you know, I think top trumps have more appeal, you know? There's something about top trumps and the fact that, you know, it's like, you know, different cards have different values. You're constantly striving to find the top trump. I like that. Well, what if we... Should we... Okay, sorry, go ahead, Adrian. I think you were going to say probably the same thing as I was. I think we'd be very happy to potentially just pivot this entire idea into Top Trumps the movie. Top Trumps the movie. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> and it's just a series of characters appearing on screen in turn yeah. and talking about their attributes and comparing attributes. And then one leaves and the next one comes on until only one is left standing. The Top Trump. Love it. Let's, uh, let's go on to the next pitch. Let's quickly move on. In our last meeting, um, we were criticised, not criticised, we were, we were gently nudged towards uh, ideas which were less focused on the physical mechanics of the plot than more about the um, drama and the conflict and the narrative arc and that kind of thing. So this is, this is really about one where it's very, very hard to get that right. Uh, it's called Argument, Rainbow of Hate. Brilliant. Jacob Dudman and Alicia Applebaum narrate a morality tale about greed in the marble import business during the early days of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Unusually, the narrators begin to argue between themselves about whose food intolerances are worse, and eventually the characters in the story take over the narration of the narrator's argument. 
The on-screen action is reduced to a drawing room full of bored Salzburger aristocrats eating vanilla kipfel biscuits and playing cards while the narrators scream at each other. The audience can vote to decide who was right, and the aristocrats do a special victory dance for the winner. So, Joe, imagine this. Get into this into your minds. You've got you know, you've got a, a, a co-narrator, your professional colleagues. You're sort of jealous of each other. You're sort of angry with each other. There's been resentment building. And then the just trigger is, it doesn't even matter what it is. And you just fly at each other. But you have to stay in the room to narrate this whole thing. So what's it like when you're forced to be in a room with someone who you're arguing with and you hate? But you've got to stay there for two hours to narrate this stupid story about aristocrats. Oh, yeah. That actually sounds all right. That's actually oh. my favourite pitch so far. Actually, with, with me and Alicia, we do often um, talk about our intolerances and whose are worse. Mine are obviously worse. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, so I just want to know how, um, how important is the story about the aristocrats? Not important at all. It could be anything. Okay. The important bit is is these two people who we don't see because they're just narrating and their argument and how angry they get. Oh, you don't see the no. two people, Marie. It's Twitter, the movie, isn't it? And the audience that are watching it, do they have like a little electronic button that chooses which one wins? An app, an app, definitely an app. Yeah. Can I make an alternative suggestion to the app? Because I think app's great. But again, we've got to think about the bottom line and developing an app is very expensive. And then compatibility with with devices, you know, in um, Ready, Steady, Cook, when they have a little uh, sort of paddle they hold up that has green tomatoes or red peppers. Could it be sort of like that? We'd have to go live, but in every cinema, we'd have to every cinema screening, we'd have to do it live, wouldn't we? Absolutely. Yeah, it's quite a commitment. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That is quite a commitment, though. That's what I used to think happened in like when I was playing FIFA as a kid. It was like the commentators, there was a team who were like commentating the game you were playing. It'd be amazing. He's spending too much time in and around the penalty area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but listen, it could be a, a live multimedia experience tour where the two of you go and just argue in front of uh, a live audience. And, and oh, it, but this, we're not seeing. Elite's not going to like that. She's not going to want to be in a film where she doesn't get a face scene. <laughs> I mean, I think most actors are probably the same. Well, it's an opportunity to use only only your voice to, uh, you know, get all the emotion across. Challenge. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Okay, look, um, I, I'm going to work up some blueprints and send them around. I'll circulate them to this group. I'll start a WhatsApp group for the four of us where we can keep sending you um, notes and sketches and set designs and things, and we'll we'll take it from there. Sure. You You, you don't have my number or email, right? No. Appreciate all of the feedback so far. What we'd like to do now is to just give you some sort of sort of one line pitches, which uh, we'd like to get your gut reaction to, whether it's a yes, a no, a maybe, a, a definitely yes. Pete, would you like to do the first fast one? Alicia Applebaum believes that trees hate her and she invents special gloves so that she can punch them. Yes, no, maybe. Yes. Yes. No, we love trees and the, the trees are helpless. They can't punch back. If you come back with something that's like the trees punch back, then I'm interested. The trees punch first. The trees punch first. That's the title, isn't it? The punchy title. 1680, a desert island. A magician from 1312 is washed up on shore with a Walkman from the future and a small shovel. What happens next? <laughs> like you've been framed. <laughs> it's 
It's a no from me. Oh, oh no. I'm not even going to ask. No. No, it's a no. Jacob Dudman learns Italian the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds great. I'd like to learn Italian the hard way. Lovely. Uh, I mean, I'd like to learn it the easy way. No, can't do it. Not allowed, sorry. Okay, well. Hang on, sorry. To get you on board, fine. Jacob Dudman learns Italian the easy way. Oh, that's boring, isn't it? A couple turn on their TV one night and a strange new app that they've never seen before appears on screen. It's called The Gateway. Clicking on it sends them into a netherworld of electric slugs and screaming trees, upside-down lakes and bleeding clouds. Spying a castle, the two run for cover. In the castle is Noel Edmonds. Oh, it was doing so well. It was doing so well. Noel Edmonds could bring a whole lot no. of goodness to that film. That's the that's the deal breaker for me. <laughs> Who would you replace him with? Bernard Cribbins. Sorry, do you mean Bernard Cribbins playing Noel Edmonds, just to be clear? Is that no, what you're saying? Noel Edmonds has got nothing to do with it. Did you see that that show where he drove across uh, across the world with Rizzle Kicks or something like that? <laughs> The whole world. The whole world. What is it? The UK? Did you say the UK? The world. I, th- I thought it was the world. I, I must be having a, an episode of some kind. Mm. There is a number you can dial and Noel Edmonds will talk to your cat. That actually is true. No. So... Do you know the number? Alicia Applebaum runs out of papyrus and must journey to Ethiopia on pretend roller skates. Um, because they're pretend, mm. does she just not have any on? Or are they like wheels do that don't go roll? around? I had imagined that it would be she it was a bit mad and she liked to pretend she was wearing roller skates the whole time. Does that appeal? We're just going around scuffing the bottom of her shoes against the street. Yeah. Can someone be pushing me or like have me on on a mm. on a mm. rope mm. and pull me? Yes. Then yes. 100%. Lovely. All I'm took. all in. Work's a bit slow for you, is it, Alicia? I don't know about you, Pete, but I think we should end it on a yes because there is a chance that's our first yes. Wow. I'm. I feel privileged. Just to be clear, that does mean you do have to actually do this now, Alicia. I mean, you know. Oh that's... no, I'm all in today. Just, I didn't, I didn't say yes, did I? Guys, it has been an absolute pleasure to uh, to pitch these ideas to you, and I, I would be thrilled if any any of these get made. But you, you know what? You never know. In the immortal words of Richard Iwadi, we've done nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you've propelled a lot of ideas, a lot of our ideas, into really interesting places. So, um, so yeah, we're going to send you. Uh, long all the scripts for everything we're going to send you some mood boards and we're going to send you um, some sort of textures of different fabrics that we think might work quite well for some of the costumes just so you can tell us which ones you like best and then uh, we'll take it from there thank you very much guys and uh, and we'll, we'll be in touch great okay no i think we'll be we'll be the ones getting in touch we'll call you <laughs> call us anytime we'll be waiting by the phone thank you right lovely what a great meeting. They were lovely guys. They had some really good ideas, but I, I think we need to prioritise just getting them something soon that will remind them about one of the good ideas. So I was thinking that we just send them some cress. Now. Let's drink loads and loads of coffee, open up Instagram, and just post a long series of stories where we tag them in every single one, where we act out all of our ideas from start to finish. Done. You mean you did it already? That's impressive. I did it last week before I even knew about this. By yourself, you did a solo one-man show. Just in case it was needed. Turns out it was.
find Big Meeting on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and at bigmeeting.horse. Yeah, all the other URLs were taken. 